Genevieve Gornachek. She writes books and she's really nice. <laughs> That's a little jingle I wrote for you, Genevieve. I wrote it for you, Genevieve. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. Am I allowed to pop the bubbles? Pop the bubbles. Who's your favorite parent? We're going to find out today. <laughs> we're going to find out who really loves you and if it aligns with who you really love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alcohol is required for a conversation this deep. Barcava. It looks like it's from Spain. Cava, cava, cava. Yeah, I'm so Spain. smart. Look at me reading Spanish. Look at you. I can't read it. <laughs> Macabeo Paralada. I'll look up what that means. And then there's an earlier word that I don't even know how to pronounce. So I'll tell you. I'll translate later. But we're drinking Barcava from Spain. Cava comes from Spain. Thank you for supplying our wine favorite child. I always refer to Rachel as my sister daughter because she's kind of a sister, but obviously I'm way older than her. So she'd be like sister by a second marriage because <laughs> I don't know how many <laughs> She years is of- my half sister daughter. <laughs> unless we were in the Duggar family, which I've been. And unless. And there were like 20. Which BTW, kids. Joel Duggar's book is coming out in September. Yeah. If you're interested in that kind of thing, which I am because I've been watching shiny bright things, but more for like. You mean shiny, happy people? Shiny, happy people. The shiny thing. I watched it too. It was super disturbing. And then I kind of went into this like um, weird religious cult type of kick. So I watched all the Hillsong documentaries and now I'm watching the HBO show, um, The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, my God. It stars John Goodman as like the patriarch of this televangelist family. And it is fucking hilarious. Okay, I'm going to have to watch it. But I love John Goodman. Um, I saw a picture of John Goodman the other day where supposedly he's lost like 200 pounds and his face is just this like little bobblehead. John John Goodman in The Big Lebowski is like my favorite of all time. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for him that he's healthy, but we like... We like John Goodman in all his forms. Yeah, we do. All right. Cheers to John Goodman. John Goodman. And not cheers to religious cults. No cults. Cheers to you for not being in a fucking cult. Yeah. But apparently But if you are. If you're in a cult, no cheers. Check yourself. Yeah. All right. I'm glad that we do public service announcements. Yeah, public service announcement. Now, what what are are you reading? reading? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay. I'm actually reading two books right Mm now. I'm reading Girls and Their Horses. Yeah, you're a weirdo. By Eliza Brazier. I fell in love with this cover because it's like amazingly awesome. Just think pinks, purples, Mm -hmm. equestrian. And a realistically photographed horse (laughs) head and lady. It looks like Gossip Girl. That's what it reminds It's awesome. It's horrible photo editing (laughs) and cover design. But it's awesome. 
And so it's a mis- it's an equestrian mystery. So it's about um, it's Southern California, and there's these moms who are you know were horse girls growing up, and most of them came from like you know middle class or poor backgrounds, but they fucking love horses. And now they're in this like sort of wealthy community, and they're living vicariously through their teenage daughters, who they are like basically forcing them to be horse girls. Yeah. Horse girls. And so they train at this very elite, you know, equestrian training facility and someone gets killed and it's a murder. So who did it and why it's awesome. And then I'm reading shutter by Ramona Emerson, Mm -hmm. um, which is our teacher book club pick for next month. And it's really good so far. It's about, um, this woman who is a forensic photographer. Um, ah, Shutter, Shutter yes, Speed. Yes, yep, I get it. And she <clears throat> is um, ind- indigenous, and her whole life she has been able to see and commune with ghosts. So cool. Okay. And so she photographs crime scenes, and a lot of times in the process interacts with the ghosts and. And the ghosts don't always know, like, what happened to them. Like, they're seeking answers. So this story begins, she's photographing a scene, like, on a highway where someone has been run over. Like, it appears that this person jumped from an overpass and it looks like a suicide. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to realize that this might not be a suicide. Cool. So she I mean, is, not cool. But cool. Yeah. So it's sort of about her... Um, working on this case, but it's also like her history growing up on a reservation um, and also like the way that she that she has interacted with ghosts throughout her life. Cool. And it was um, long listed for the National Book Award. That is so cool. Yeah, it's very good. It's like if you like a sort of procedural crime and you mm-hmm. don't mind if it gets a paranormal element, it's really good like procedural crime. Mm hmm. What are you reading? Well, I'm reading and I just watched the TV adaptation of a favorite procedural mystery series. Um, It's the Slough House series by Mick Heron. It starts with Slow Horses and it's about disgraced MI5. That's right. What's it stream on? Apple TV. So it just came out. And I read Slow Horses because I loved the idea of a, you know, British intelligence, a British intelligence, high paced mystery, like, you know, suspense novel. You gotta love some British crime. Yeah, I love it. And I loved it at the time. I feel like this is one of those ones that I got turned on to by Nancy Pearl, the great librarian, I think from Washington State. She's just made a name for herself with NPR making book recommendations. So I got to watch Slow Horses and it really, like, I loved it. It was so good. I'm going to do it. Flawed characters. Flawed detective. Give me the flawed detective all day long. Like, oh, fuck, I'm trying to quit smoking and I can't. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. And and there's a lot of um, interesting relationships. A curmudgeonly boss in the Slough House who has a mysterious. Everybody has, has a mysterious you, background. And you have to have a curmudgeonly boss. Yeah. These are my favorite tropes of mystery, of so, detective stories. Highly recommend Slow Horses by Mick Heron. 
but read the book first. I'm going to, having watched Slow Horses, so the first season is the first book. The second season will be the second book. The next one's called Dead Lions. So you can read Slow Horses and I'll go to um, Dead Lions. But I'm also reading How I Won the Nobel Prize by Julius Toronto. You you handed me this book yesterday. You were like, read "Read the first few chapters because they're short chapters. And I was digging it. So, And and I'm going to borrow it from you when you're done. So this is hilarious. Um, I love the cover. Number one, my favorite color is orange and it's an orange cover and it has these really cool eyeballs on it. And it reminds me of my sister's artwork. Check her out. Lindsay M. Burke. I think that's what her handle is. Lindsay.m.burke. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but it reminds me of some of the work she's done. Um, it is about a physicist, <laughs> like most brilliant physicist of her age, a young woman named Helen. And Helen works for a physicist who's among three men who developed this kind of like new, I don't know, law of physics. Superconductivity. Yeah, that's supposed to redefine superconductivity. And if they can make superconductivity work better, lose less heat, the power engine of it could change the world, could reverse climate change. And so she is just a woman 100% in her own brain. This is all she cares about. It drives everything about her. It's her whole identity working on this project. Well, well, her professor gets involved in a sex scandal, as they do. Um, this is with another undergraduate and from her perspective, she's like, well, knowing the people involved, I actually think the student probably manipulated this situation, but you know, the guy gets kicked out because it's inappropriate behavior to sleep with your students. But it's as it's frowned upon. Yeah, it's frowned upon. As it should be. As it should be. And um, he is sent to the Rubin Institute. The Rubin Institute is this like university slash research center on an island off the eastern coast of the United States that has a giant phallic structure. <laughs> it's where like all the people who've like become embroiled in scandals, all the all academics. All the cancelees. All the people who've been canceled go there to continue their research. And the person who found it is like, well, we're going to base this with, it's going to be a society with no rules of propriety, no conduct rules. We will be governed by like the neighboring states laws, but beyond that, nothing else. And so macing gropey professors is allowed for all female undergraduates. Like, well, we'll let you take, you know, protect yourselves. But, you know, just so you know, (laughs) Uh, the people here might be a little bit questionable. So I'm reading this. It comes out in September. We're considering it for subscription. It sounds amazing. It's really like it's funny. It's fucking hilarious. Everything about it is hilarious. So that's what I'm reading now. It's time. Yeah, we're going to. Do an important segment today. It's very important. It's called "Who Knows Rachel Better," and who does she love more? And who who's the favorite love? parent? Who's the favorite parent? We're going to score this. Okay. So the way it works is, <clears throat> going to ask you a question, Rachel. We're all going to write down our answers, like what we, Amanda and I, are going to write down what we think your answer is. Okay. Okay. Whoever gets it right gets a point. If we're both wrong, you have to choose who was closest. 
Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. First question. <laughs> what is Rachel's favorite smell? Okay. All right, Rachel, did you write it down? All right, everyone reveal. Oh, I said a warm cat. Okay, I said warm cat. No! No, sorry. Amanda said warm cat. I said poke bowl. You said lilac. Who's the closest? Mm, poke bowl. Yes! Uh, okay. All right. You keep track. Oh my God, I love the smell of a warm dog. Okay. Warm, clean dog. Okay, next question. What thing could Rachel never live without? Got it? Yeah. Her cats. My cats. Damn it, I said pot. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty darn close. Pretty darn close. That was like a second, a close second. Would Rachel rather have a chauffeur or a personal chef? This is easy. Chef. 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 Duh. Same. Who would ask for a chauffeur? That's yeah, the dumbest that's so thing stupid. ever. That's what like partners are for. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what boyfriends and husbands are for. Okay. What reality TV show would Rachel most likely be on? Mm, wait. That's I just changed my question for me. I know. I know. Okay, go. Real Housewives of Ankeny. Mine was just Real Housewives. <laughs> no, and no. Ellen, we talked shit. about this. It's Big Brother. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. We both okay. failed and her. You know what? Rachel goes on to be. Rachel goes on Big Brother. I go on Survivor, and together we do the Amazing Race. Oh, 100%. But I would be such a bitch on Amazing Race. <laughs> I am well, so impatient. I'm already used to that. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> Rachel, drive the goddamn car. The thing is, Where are you going? I'm a good listener. Stop falling up all these stairs at this Aztec ancient civilization. Rachel, we have places to go. <laughs> okay, anyway. Who was closest? Uh, wait, we both said real housewives. I said housewives of Ankeny. <laughs> I'm closer because you would not live in Ankeny. No, I would not live in Ankeny. Yes, I win! I could make an argument that geographically I would be closer to wherever the fuck Rachel ends up. But that's, that's not an how insult. we're judging this. That's an insult. Okay, we're tied. Okay, no. Yeah, we're tied. You're right. How many are we doing? Until I decide we're done. Okay. Okay. She's waiting until she has a clear win. <laughs> what song would Rachel play on repeat if she could only pick one? I don't know what it would be. Party in the USA. I said something by the Avent Brothers. I went with Benny and the Jets. Wow. <laughs> boo, 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 Benny and, and the, the Jets. Jets. All right, who's closer? Probably Amanda. Ah, you nodded when I read mine. Yeah, but that's because that was like a pretty solid guess. Hmm. Weird. What fictional character best represents Rachel? Mm. Oh, this is so Like, are we thinking just cartoon character or like? Oh, uh, sure. We can character? we can make it a cartoon character. Oh, I don't want well, any no, cartoon characters. Okay, fine. A fictional character. Yeah, in any way represented in any fictional uh, media. Jeez. Okay. okay. Um. Can I just see what you guys guess and then choose? Because <laughs> I have no idea. I said the chick in Fifty Shades. Hold on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dirty. What? Not no. Already no points. 
Um, I'm saying the best friend in Twilight. Because you're kind of funny and goofy, but you're also smart. And annoying. <laughs> Bella's best friend. She's like It's the oh, girl. Are you talking about Anna Kendrick's character? Anna Kendrick's character. A little bit bitchy. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Good job. She's funny. Mm-hmm. But she's not going to get rolled over either. Okay. This will be sort of about me and Amanda. We're going to guess Ooh. how you would answer. Who is more likely to make up an excuse as to why they can't go out or to a party? Of all three of us? Of me and you. Okay. Well, this is really hard. Okay. I said me. I said Ellen. <laughs> I mean, like, Ellen would be honest. No, with you. No, I wouldn't. I figured you'd just not go. You just wouldn't say anything yeah. to them. Ellen would be like, oh, yeah, my kid's got a piano lesson. You just, mm-hmm. there would be no anything for My me. famous friend checks it. Irish yeah. goodbye. Yeah. It's it my Irish not show up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Ellen wins that one. Okay. Where do, how many more do you want to do? Two more. Two more. Two more. Who is more likely to hold a grudge? Beach, you or me? Yeah. <laughs> My. <laughs> this is how we should have done the whole thing. Can we just do it this way and not even include me? Okay, what do we say? I said Amanda. Oh! <laughs> I am kind of grudgy though. Here's my thing. I can, I will let you go for a long time, Mm -hmm. but like you push me far enough. It's just there. It's it's over. It's a line. You have crossed the line. Okay. I'm like a a quick burn. Who is more likely to sell everything they own and move into a van? Ellen. I said Amanda too. Because <laughs> she's a lot more adventurous than I am. Yeah. But, That's what I was going to say. Like, you like your space and your stuff. I kind of do freak out, but it would be simplicity. So Ellen. Okay. So you, we were both wrong. Okay. Okay. No points. Um, Last one. Just for all, what is it? All the cherries. What is it? All the cookies. All the cookies. All. Who is most likely to have a secret YouTube channel? <laughs> Ellen. Amanda. Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda, you, wa- you, you won. You won. We need to do more of those ones. Those ones are fun when they're about you too. That's what I Okay, I'll ask you the rest winning. of them. Okay. Who is more likely to take the last piece of pizza? <laughs> Me. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I said me. <laughs> you know, actually, that's probably not true. I went and got cheese balls with my brother the other day, and there was like one cheese ball in the basket, and we're like, you take it. No, you take it. No, you I take ate it. French fries with you the other day, and in both of the baskets we ordered, you left the last one. You could not take it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's your, kind, it's your calling card. It's my calling card. If there is a basket left with one fry and a murder happened there. If there is a murder scene and there's a basket of fried food and there's only one item left. Ellen Ellen was there. Ellen did it. (laughs) All right. Who is more likely to order in rather than cook? I don't know. This is a close call, I think. I'm going to say Amanda. Me too. (laughs) I love the cafe. (laughs) 
This is a plug for the cafe. Thank you for easily Sponsor. accessible. Sponsor us. I'll talk about your cocktails and your food. The next one want. is a clear answer that we don't even need to write down. It's okay. who is more likely to want a pet? Me. Oh, yeah. Who is more likely to need alone time? Oh. <clears throat> I'm so curious what everyone's going to write. Ellen. Amanda. I know you need alone time, too. But that's why we like each other so well. Ellen's more. That's true. I'm more. more she actually. Re- I need it. Like, I need home time more than alone time. Like, I was going home from the conference that we were just at. We went to a librarian teacher conference and presented on books. And uh, we did a great job and we had so much fun. We were amazing. But that is a lot of time just like sitting there and like I really wanted to hide under the table and take a nap or like watch my. <laughs> she did. She pulled up her show and watched I pulled it up my phone. show. There was a lot of downtime. And so I called after we put all the stuff back in the store and my husband was like, you want to meet for dinner? I was like, no. <laughs> See people I have to talk to. I don't want to order food. I don't want to hear people talking. I want to come home and just be by myself. Fair. Yep. Who is more likely to Google an answer instead of asking for help? Okay. I said me. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I meant. I was going to say, I was going to say that I would be more likely to ask for help and then Google and she would go straight to the Google. Right. That's what I meant. Who is more likely to procrastinate? (laughs) This is very clear. I don't think it's as clear as you think it is. I think people's procrastination is done. I, I would agree with that. Um. Okay. But in the classic sense. Yep. I'm gonna. Go. Say, I'm gonna say Amanda. Amanda. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys, I'm a procrastinator. Sense, but I will say that I am a procrastinator, but I allow enough time to do what I need to do. But I will. You wait. do. You never. <clears throat> I. But I don't want to. I don't want to do things like way ahead of time. I ignore things and then forget them. You <laughs> put them off and get them done. I put them in my Google Calendar. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Ellen is becoming a professional Google Calendar representative. In the same in the same vein, who is more likely to forget important dates? <laughs> Let's just keep her. We, that's an A. Amanda, <laughs> but we love her. Um, who is rarely? More- I've only like not shown up to an important okay. date like once, one. like one time. Only Last one time. time. Uh, who is more likely to play video games? <clears throat> Ellen. Yeah. Three L's on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and there was actually only one more question in this category, which is sort of funny. Oh. Who is most likely to, who is more likely to start a company book club? <laughs> <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> and then I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? I want to be at home by myself. Because <laughs> you're a teacher. You can't get rid of that part of you. I can't. Okay. We but we did have a lot of fun with our teacher and librarian friends at the conference. Yeah. And let's just say they're doing really important work in a tough time and we see them. Yeah. We see you and we appreciate the work you do. And we really appreciate it. Like the type of people that go to a teacher librarian conference are like enthusiastic about the work they do. They're still in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was really, it was really cool. They to had be a lot of enthusiasm who, who have that kind of enthusiasm 
especially like in the current political climate to still have that much joy around what you do and really wanting to do the right thing for your students is really inspiring to see. Right. And a lot of them came to our store and bought our I read book band books with dog eared book shirt. We love you guys. We love you. You I always say like we should um send Amy Zamolek, one of our managers, out with a black trench coat. I'm gonna do this with band <laughs> books in it. I wanna give like every teacher librarian like this like black trench coat that they can flash band books. Can be like hey, So people think they're gonna be hey, flashed, but it's just hey, band do books. you want one of these? Yes, we need to get her one of those. Yeah. I'll or, make it. <laughs> okay. I'll sew it. I sewed my Elizabeth Zott hand embroidered. And you are, you like learned some quilting. I, I know how to use a sewing machine now. I don't even know how to do that. Remember in eighth grade when we had to make monster <laughs> shorts in FCS? Yes. I made mine and they were so poorly done but i wore them all the time for pajamas like all the way through college (laughs) oh my god i wonder if you still have them i don't and i certainly could not wear them anymore (laughs) we in elementary school made lilac acrylic painting pillows i I drank rachel champagne you're welcome we basically just french kissed when we come back we'll be talking about What's popping in the store? What's, no, we're talking about what's coming out this week. Yeah, but I say what's popping about both. There are books popping and events There popping. are books popping all over the place. It's like popcorn in the microwave. Pop, pop, Do, pop, 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 pop. Don't let it go more than a minute and a half because then it won't pop anymore. Yeah. And you'll you, just smell no bad smell forever. burn popcorn. Okay, when we come back. All right, friends, if you love retellings, if you love the Vikings, not the football team, actual Vikings, uh, check out our events page on our website, www.dogearedbooksames.com, because we have the one and only Genevieve Gornacek visiting us on Thursday, July 27th for Cocktails and Conversations. She'll be talking about her new book, The Weaver and the Witch Queen. She's a lovely person. Um, You don't want to miss it. Tickets available on our website. And if you can't attend, order a signed copy on the website under Author Series Cocktails and Combos with Genevieve Gornacek. Now we're back with what's popping in new releases this week. Do you hear that? This is what's popping on our new release table. Here, I'm doing that. That's annoying. Hear that popping. No one wants to hear that. Pop. We're annoying. Didn't work. Can you do that? No, I can't. Rachel can do it. Hidden talent. Good job. All right. I want to tell you. (laughs) Shut up, you guys. I'm playing Mean Mom today. The Art Thief by Michael Finkel. I started reading this on audio. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. That's all what I was that from again? Ace Ventura Pet. Yes! Which, oh did my not, God. which did not age well, but that's what I think of when what I hear that name. What were the parts that didn't age well? <laughs> all oh, of it. All the trans part. All of it. All the of transphobia. It. Yes. Damn it. Uh, anyway, The Art Thief by Michael Finkel. All right. Tell us about it. One of the most remarkable true crime narratives of the 21st century. This is the story of the world's most prolific art thief, Stefan Breitweiser. So I think I'm saying that right. I've been listening to the audiobook. He lives in France. 
But As he grew the up French do. Yeah, he grew up on the border and speaks all the languages like French and the weird Alsatian. It's like a region of France, the mountain region, German, and from a very young age was just obsessed with antique artifacts. Obsessed. And when he became older, he just couldn't figure out what to do. He would have odd jobs, but he started stealing art, not for profit, but for love. Like he lived a penniless life in the upstairs of his mom's house with his lover. And together they would go and scope out places to steal art. And then they would do it. Um, So and then afterwards, when he was caught, he spilled all the details and he told him everything because he was very proud of the work he did. And so this is the book that came from his confessions. Next up is First Ladies by Marie Benedict, my favorite historical fiction writer. She always writes about the women behind famous men and how they really shaped history themselves. And she wrote this one with the co-writer she last worked with on The Personal Librarian, Victoria Christopher Murray. This is a novel about the partnership between First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt and civil rights activist Mary McLeod Bethune. Then from Brandon Sanderson. Everyone loves some Brandy Sandy. Yeah, he is like the ultimate, most popular fantasy sci-fi writer. <laughs> the Frugal Wizard's Guide to Surviving Medieval London. So anyway. It's, Man, I wish I would have had that when I was a wizard in medieval London. Yeah, it's a mashup between a Jason Bourne novel and epic fantasy. Cool. He's, uh, he's cranking them out. Yeah, this is an amnesiac, amnesiac. Amnesiac. Amnesiac wizard who time travels. Perfect. And he has to figure out his own memories to survive. I hate when that happens. So those are the big hitters in hardcover new fiction, but a lot of books are coming out. Well, we have one more to talk about, which is Little Monsters (gasps) Oh my God, I can't believe I overlooked that. We both read it. We love Adrian Broder. We met her. We did, and I think she was a little alarmed by us. But we are both big fans of her memoir, Wild Game, right. which everyone should read. This is, I think, her first novel. Right. And it's about this fam- New England, Cape Cod family. Um, the dad is a <clears throat> revered marine biologist mm-hmm. who's kind of past his prime, and he's looking to sort of prove himself again. Like He would be his- sent to the Rubin Institute if he yeah, was he's, in the he's novel not, He's reading. kind of a dick, and he's yeah. a bit of a sexist. And he's got two children, Ken and Abby, who are grown, and they sort of have this sibling rivalry that is who was ex- loved more that is explored throughout the novel. Their mother died when they were really little, after right? the death of Abby, and so, or after the birth of Abby. And so they were raised by their father, and they were very close when they were children, but they are not close anymore. Ken is like. A superficial, overachieving, I want to be a senator, but very much about appearances. And Mm -hmm. Abby is an artist. And over the course of the story, other other characters are introduced um, that are part of the family. And it's really about Abby in particular learning to be independent from these men in her family. And understanding her place in this like male dominated family. Well said. It's really a cool book. And 
I mean, Adrienne Broder is a fantastic writer. Because her memoir, I said, the way I pitch it to people is, this is written like fiction. It, it is. is so well written. It is so well developed. It is so I mean, it's a page turner of a memoir. Like, yeah. I, when I was reading it, like, I couldn't put it down. She knows a little bit about fucked up families, is what we're saying. She does. And <laughs> that is apparent in this novel, Little Monsters. Mm-hmm. All right. What is new in paperback, my friend? Well, unfortunately, it's very timely. Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia oh, Armfield. Yeah. So as we record this, the uh, we have been following the saga of the submersible by the Titanic. And it appears that that did not end well. Uh, but this book, Our Wives Under the Sea, is I read it. The prose is beautiful. This is a strange book. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not for everyone. It's one of those books when you're done reading it, you're like, I'm not really sure what I read, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. And it's about these wives, these two women. And one of them was doing research on a submarine and like the submarine vanished and she was lost for like months and she's back and she's alive, but she is not the way she was. And so it's a lot of it is an exploration of kind of what what happened down there. Why did it happen? But it's more about their relationship and two people in a marriage who love each other. And one has endured a really traumatic event and how that plays out in their relationship. Dark, just yeah. like the Titanic. <clears throat> but, 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 but beautiful writing. Yeah. All right. On a lighter note, my favorite author, Louise Penny, has her most recent in the Inspector Gamache series coming to paperback, A World of Curiosities. Start the series if you haven't. It's amazing. Also in a series in paperback, Naomi Novak's Golden Enclaves. It's part of the Sholomance series. The rest um, of these are, the titles are not <laughs> are not perfect for this current event either. But. I, I know. I know. It's really unfortunate. Too Late by Colleen Hoover. This is a thriller <laughs> romance. It is bringing, this is one more of her backlist titles that's being brought back out. Okay. So this is like kind of the definitive edition, I think is what they're calling it. So she must have done a few tweaks, but they're bringing it to mainstream publishing. It is about a girl um, who has been looking for a way to care for her brother. And she finds it through a relationship with a drug dealer named Asa Jackson. And so it is a very complex relationship in which she's economically dependent on him, but it becomes increasingly dangerous. So as I say to my kids who like to read Colleen Hoover, enjoy your read, but this is not goals. <laughs> um, in nonfiction paperback, one of our better sellings, 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. So in this book, he like basically explores the history across many cultures about our human's relationship with time, mm -hmm. in particular like time management. And he sort of posits that We've constructed ideas around time and how we use time mm -hmm. that are a little bit fucked up and that mm -hmm. we should reexamine. So if like if you're a person who always feels like there's never enough hours in the day or you feel guilty 
you know, like when you can't get everything done or when mm-hmm. you take time to do something every that you day, enjoy, mm-hmm. um, which I think is true for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. This is a great book. Um, in contrast, my dad went to some weird CEO motivator conference of some shit and came home and talked to us about the yardstick of your life. And the yardstick, if it represents the years of your age, you're supposed to mark where your age is on the yardstick. It feels like a total like uh, fraternity, like hazing ritual. (laughs) And then you look at it and you're like, holy shit, there's not that much time left. So apparently then you're supposed to cheat on your wife and start a new life. But apparently... Oliver Berkman. Because life is short. YOLO. Yeah. Life is short. YOLO. Um, I recommend Oliver Berkman's book instead. Um, <laughs> Might be a less damaging way. Yes. <laughs> to go about your time. And again, switching the tides, more positive. The Seven Year Slip by Ashley Poston. She's the author of The Dead Romantics. And this is about a book publicist who has a perfectly planned future, but she falls in love with her temporary roommate. Only discover that he lives seven years in the past. I don't understand how that works. That is so unfortunate. But you have to read it. There's always something. Yeah. Totally original trope. (laughs) There's always a catch. You think you've met a good guy and there's something wrong. Yep. In my case, my husband doesn't get haircuts as often as I'd like him to. Ooh, yeah. My husband's growing hair out of his ears and I love to pluck it. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Okay. One notable coming out in kids that I'd really like to mention is that Sweet Valley Twins has been revived as a graphic novel. So for nostalgic parents, this is really fun to hand off to your young readers. The second in this series, Teacher's Pet, <laughs> is out this week. So I think and one the f- of the twins is Teacher's Pet. It's ballet themed. Oh, shit. Well, the first one has done quite well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a lot popping at the store. That's why I said we have books popping. We have a little kernel of popcorn, a little spicy kernel of popcorn called Katie Vanderpool. She is going to take on story time this week at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. She is a preschool teacher, guys, with amazing flexibility. She she knows her shit around little kids. She knows how to manage and wrangle the kids. She is going to be in charge of story time. Um, She moonlights as a bookseller because she reads books all the time. And that's because you and I are going to be off at an undisclosed location ordering for fall because it's super secret official business. That's right. And with that in mind, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs>